Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. TSR Live, everyone. Um, I'm your host, Brian Moss. I'm here with Larry Marley. Larry, how you doing today? Man, I'm doing great. It's a bye week, and you know, I, I tweeted out the other day that bye weeks are terrible for fans, and they are because they just suck. You know, um, because, you know, you, you, if you're a football fan, like every – you get Wednesday, Thursday. This week we have a Thursday game, obviously, but, but you get closer to Saturday – you just start getting amped up, you know, Thursday, starting to think about it, you know, um, think about the game. And, and, and then, you know, Friday night, you're in full, like, pregame mode. And then – so everything sort of builds up. But on a bye week, it's like, uh, it's Friday. Okay. I mean, yeah, you know, it's great. But you don't have to work tomorrow. I sleep in. But <laughs> so but, – but, but now for players, um, and there's a definite divide on bye weeks, Brian. Um, so if you're an underclassman, freshman and sophomore specifically, bye weeks are like, you know, you're going home, you maybe go see your girlfriend, see your mom, get your clothes washed, that kind of thing. Um, but for upperclassmen, for me, bye weeks were, you know, by the time I was a junior or senior, um, it was, I, I, we'd go play golf. Um, go and get extra treatment, but but you know you go that Friday you'd head out, go play golf or do something. You know, me. Uh, one time we made a road trip up and watched um, one of our our conference. Uh, like we went to see Eastern Kentucky, uh, watched that watched that game. I mean, you're, you do fun things like that, just kind of relax. And um, so this was a, a timely, I think, a fairly timely bye week. Because of our opponent, right? I mean, don't you agree with that? Definitely. Oh, definitely. And before um, we go any further, I just want to wish uh, Isaac. Uh, you know, he's under the weather. Wish him well. Oh yeah. So uh, get well, Isaac, and we'll, we'll we'll see you next week. But go ahead and carry on. Well, no. I, so I, I was just saying for those of you, anybody who's listening to me, um, and, and by the way, for all you, for all of you who uh, do that, thank you very, very, very much. We had some. Uh, Tweet plus, we, they really missed the show, so we appreciate that. Um, but uh, this is my favorite game of the year, and I like it um, for a lot of reasons. Um, number one, first and foremost, because um, the young men that that are going to be playing in Liberty Bowl Thursday night, these are kids, and and I think Isaac did an interview with Coach Ken, correct, or at least mm-hmm. I said he was going to. Yes. Um, yep. And uh, we have had on your show. I've been able to do that, and then on John and, and my show, we've had um, assistant coaches come on and talk about what these young men go through on a daily basis. 
and and what you know their schedule is. And this is not including football, just to serve our country, to agree to serve our country, and then to do it, the discipline, the coursework, all the things that it takes, um, these young men should be applauded. And not only that, there's some pretty damn good football players. Um, and so this is my favorite game because of that. And then stylistically, they're not like anybody else we're going to play. I mean, uh, they're the total antithesis of everybody else in our conference. So it's my favorite game because of all of that. And um, I know we've taken some L's. Sucks to lose. But I can honestly say I have never regretted a single loss. I may I may lament a loss. We should have won last year. But I, I've never regretted uh, losing a single game because I know these are some really, really good young men. And we touched on it uh, before. Uh, both of these teams have a bye week coming into this uh, game. Uh, Navy's 2-0, and uh, wins over uh, Holy Cross and Eastern Carolina. Memphis obviously has you know three wins uh, over uh, Miss, Ole Miss, Southern, and uh, South Alabama. Who do you think right. the bye week favored more? Memphis. Because of exactly what I just said. Um, and, and we're not talking about injury because I don't I don't know that it really helped Memphis with any of our major injuries. I don't for example, I don't think Patrick Taylor's coming back. Um, but I think more than anything, it gives you extra time to prepare for an offense that you're not gonna see any other time. And yes. so from a defensive standpoint, it gives you more time to prepare, get the players um going through it, you know, what are your reads, what are your progressions? And as a defense, when you play the <clears> – <throat> we used to play teams that were in the wishbone, which is very similar stylistically to this, in that you'd have a quarterback, you'd have the wishbone, and they would – you'd have some misdirections, and then you had a man. Um, so – and also then you'd get prepared for the cut blocks, let's say for what it is, because <laughs> you don't really see that as much anywhere else. So um, – but yeah, I mean, I I think this is it helps Memphis more for certain. I, they haven't played the level of competition. Um, obviously, us playing Ole Miss um, gives you know as far as three wins. Certainly, that's a better win than anything they have. Yes. And and when you look at I mean, oh, go ahead, sorry. No, no, you no, you finish. Go ahead. No, I was going to say with these games, though, I mean they're. they're you know, they're awful tough games. Uh, you take out that first game where Navy won by 25. I mean, the past three games have been, have been you know, you know, pretty close. Uh, you know, in 16, Navy won by 14 points. Uh, in 17, they, uh, you know, Memphis won by three. And then last year, I mean, Memphis was, was uh, you know, ahead going into the fourth quarter. I mean, they were winning 21-9 and then just, you know, for whatever reason, couldn't do anything in yeah. the fourth quarter and ended up losing that game. But, uh, you know, these yeah. games are, are usually tough. And when you look at these games, this is only going to be the second time that neither team has been ranked because the first two, three times they played, one of these two teams have been ranked. Right. Well, and Memphis was almost ranked. I mean, we were 26th, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, this is uh, – and I think, I, think, I think last year's sort of aberration, if you will, um, for Navy is, is probably – um, <clears throat> that's probably gone. That they'll be back to being better this year. I don't know that they'll be what they were, say, in 2016, 2015, 2016. When I think they they may arguably have been, you know, one of the best teams in the conference. They certainly were. Um, but I don't know that they're that. But they certainly are really, really good. Um. One of the things I think that's going to um, be interesting is that generally what you see, we saw this in the ACC with Georgia Tech, and you'll see we see that we've seen that somewhat here in the AAC. Once schools build up tape on the triple option, 
the defensive coordinators, as long as you can have some continuity in your coaching, they'll they'll sort of build up a, a game plan for that. Because mm. when you first see it, it's really hard. But 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 after a couple of years, tape builds up, and I think you're you're able to sort of get the tendencies. So I think that's another thing that that, that will help us. Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, stats. Um, you know, total offense. Uh, Memphis is 26th in the nation. Navy's 22nd uh, passing. Obviously, you know, Memphis is going to have the big advantage there because Navy doesn't really pass. Sure. I mean, Navy's 125th in the nation, but we all know they don't they don't pass. Memphis is 52nd running. That's where Navy, you know, will kill you. They're first in the nation with, mm-hmm. you know, averaging 371 yards per game. Memphis is 31st with 227. Scoring offense, uh, you know, Navy's, you know, averaging 43.5 points per game for 16th in the country, and Memphis is 32nd uh, with uh, 37.3. And w- when you look at both of these offenses, you know, w- what stands out to you? We, obviously, you know, Navy with their triple option. But do you, do you see anything different out of this game than the previous uh, four games that they played? Uh, well, I, I think you're going to see – well, and I said the same thing last year, but I think Memphis will – be able to run the ball on Navy. And I think that's one of the things with Navy is that their offense is is, is so plotting and, and predicated that if you can do the same thing to them, if you can run the football and score and keep the ball away from them and shorten the game and you've got the lead, well, once that happens, they really they have no real chance at coming back. Now, last year was an aberration because we fumbled the football, but yes, if and, and I'll say this, I think if, if, if the same Memphis team that played like Houston at the end of the year, if they played, they they would beat them by, by four touchdowns. But Memphis needs to establish the running game, and 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 I think what you see <clears throat> in those stats is that Memphis is very balanced, and we need to be that again. We don't need to be pass heavy because what Navy tries to get you into is. When you get the ball, we got to score. We got to score now. You know, push the ball down the field, and that's not what we need to do. We know uh, we've we've run the ball on everybody we faced this year. Period. We know we can run the football, um, and you need to do that. And so, when you look at the stats, we're balanced. We need to make sure that we're balanced Thursday night. Yeah, and Memphis, uh, you know, ran well against the. Uh... You know, Navy last year, Henderson had over 200 yards that game. And when you look at Navy's, you know, defensive stats, I mean, it's sort of skewed, even though they have the fourth-ranked uh, defense in the country. You know, you always point to, look who they face, you know, Holy Cross yeah. and Eastern Carolina. So, I mean, it's not like it's a, <laughs> a tough test, uh, you know, for those guys. Right. ECU, uh, th- th- we hope they come back soon. You know, hey, guys, come back soon. We'd love to see you. Um, but they're not there yet, and and they've got a ways to go. So um, hopefully like, we'll see um, them come back. But right now, if you look at the level of competition, um, they just haven't faced that. And I, you know this is going to be their first big test Thursday night. And um, you know our speed, our size on the offensive line. Um, should be extremely telling, you know, in this game. So what I, that's 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 my bet. Yeah, Memphis opened, uh, you know, depending on what you know website you look at, anywhere from eleven and a half to fourteen point favorite. Did that did that shock you a little bit? No, no, I I I think I think um, uh, in fact I, I fourteen and a half. If you could tease that down to fourteen, I might I might take that. Because I think I think Memphis wins this game by double digits. Yep. I I know I'm not I know I'm giving away a little in the future, but yeah, that doesn't yeah. surprise me at all. And I'm looking at Coach Norvell's you know stats, this is the third time in four years that he started three and zero. But every single time yep. he started three and zero, he's lost the fourth game. Uh, 2016 started three and zero, then lost to Ole Miss 48-28. 2017 started three and zero again, then lost to Central Florida 40 to 13. Are you a little worried that uh, this may, you know, without giving score or anything like that, or, you know, do you think that you know, maybe in the back of his mind it's all for this game, that he's never been 4-0? I, 
Yeah, no, I doubt that. I mean, you're you're you're, you're looking just forward at this point. Um, I, I can't imagine he's even thinking about that. And streaks are made to be broken. Um, oh, know, yeah. that's 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 what. So I, I no, I, I no, do I know that we're going to win this game? No, I, obviously I don't know. You never know. Um, mm-hmm. But. <clears throat> No, I don't think that's playing into it. I, it, it. If anything, it's probably it's probably more. He's sitting there thinking, how do we keep these kids um, focused for two weeks? Um, you know, before you go into a, a conference opener, and the fact that it's a conference opener is is, is a big deal. Yeah, and when you look at the Navy, I think you know. It all starts and ends with Malcolm Perry, leading passer, obviously leading yeah. rusher. Um, and it's yeah. easy to say all you have to do is contain him. But you know, yeah. realistically, how hard is it to stop one person in that triple option? It's extremely hard, and here's why. So as you're, as you're coming – I mean, again, I'm going on my own experience you know, facing the wishbone. So as, you, as you're coming up, the quarterback has the ball, all right? And he can dictate – not just direction, but he can dictate the pace of the play. And so when you're watching the game, what I want fans to watch is not just the direction, but he's, he's watching the blocks and he's dictating you know, when they attack. So what you'll see is he'll hold back or maybe he runs directly because he sees a hole or he sees that he's got um, a, a, a guy to option and – um, your linebacker hasn't got to the spot yet. So those are things that the quarterback can dictate, and you just can't control that unless you are penetrating into, you know, past the line of scrimmage, which you really don't want to do in this offense because that's where creases are made, and then they gash you for long runs. What you really want to do is read and react. So that's what I'm talking about is that you have to take the take the, the play and make it extre- extend it out as far as you can and give the quarterback as few options. So it's really, really, really hard to stop an individual player. What you really have to do is stop a, a, an individual type of play. Take, um, for example, what they're going to want to do, they're going to affect – They'll either fake or they'll hand the ball off the middle, which that's another thing. You've got to stop the dive. Um, you've got to control that. Take the dive away, and then you spin out the, the, the option, okay? You're not going to do it perfect every time. Um, and we don't have – I mean, we don't have Alabama's athletes to just out-athlete them. You know, we're just going to beat you to point A. Well, we don't have that. we got great athletes, but we don't have that. Um, yeah. And so that's and, and so that when you say stop an individual, what you're really saying is I need to control an individual type of play, because what he does is he'll beat you to a spot on the field, and that's really really hard to do. And when you look at this game, I think one of the things that Memphis fans can take comfort in is you know Memphis now has a defensive coordinator in Adam Fuller. I mean, what he's done in the first three games to me is amazing. Now, I, I went back. Now, I don't think uh, Coach Fuller has ever faced the triple option, not as a defensive coordinator, but a, as a regular coach. I couldn't find a, a game where he has. But he's an experienced coach, and obviously he has, you know, he's watched game films and has the other coaches, you know, on the staff that, uh, you know, has faced Navy. But with the read and react like you were talking about, you see that with Memphis's <laughs> defense this year. So, I mean, how much yeah. is the, the fact that uh, Memphis has um, Coach Fuller? Uh, I mean, shouldn't that be a big confidence boost for Tiger fans? Well, what you want to look for is the fact that you've gone to the 4-3. And so you've got guys that are lined up up front, and you're in gaps as opposed to head up when you're in the 3-4. And so what, now what you've got to do is control your gap with your man up front. And and if you can do that, then you can extend. And that's what I'm talking about, not getting gashed with the dive and not getting gashed with the – you know, if you can do that, if you can take and I can control my gap that I'm in, gap 
this is what they call the A gap, the B gap, the C gap. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what they're talking about. So when you're in the 4-3, you have two guys in the A gap and two guys in the B gap. That's the gap between the center and the guard and the gap between the guard and the tackle. And <clears throat> the end that's out there can go between the the B gap and the C gap. So sometimes he'll go and he'll line up outside the tackle. Sometimes he'll line up head up on the tackle. But either way, he's he's got to control that gap. And so and what you want your linebacker then to be able to do is come in and make a play in whatever space that you you're controlling your gap. And so now you've got a space that you're taking away that spot as an option. And so what I would see, I hope Coach Floor does, whenever you play these kinds of, of offenses that are, that are sort of complex like this, use the KISS principle. Keep it simple, stupid. In other words, you want, you want your defenses to flow, not attack. And, and that's what I was talking about earlier, is you don't want to rush up the field. Um, now, if you get an obvious passing down, well, then it's just like any other um, offense, right? You, you're going to mm-hmm. try to get to the quarterback because you know. But, but they have very, very few obvious passing downs. I mean, the, you know, it would be yeah. late in the game, down by, you know, down by seven or whatever, and they're trying to get down the field. That's, that's one thing. We saw that in 2017. But, but – you know, this year, um, what I fully expect you'll see is our offense making plays at or just on our side of the line of scrimmage, you know, one and two yard gains. And if you can do that consistently to Navy, you you will take I – mean, because they cannot go down the field that way. That's not the way the mm-hmm. offense is designed. They, they can't do that. You know, one, two yard gain all of a sudden turns into third and four, third and six. They're not geared for that. If you can do that, then you're going to take away a lot of, you know, a lot of their offense. What they want is third and two, fourth and one. That's what they're looking for. And with everything you said, uh, you know, as a defensive coordinator, going against the, the triple option, wouldn't you rather have a four-three defense than a three-four defense, or you know, or would you have to get away? Which which would you prefer going against a triple option? It depends on what your personnel is. So I've been saying for years that that it's you can run the three four. Actually, it's funny. Uh, I was on a show um, last week talking. This very subject came up, um, and he was like, "Oh, well, if you've got the you got the three four, you you can you can blitz, have so many more blitzing options." Blah 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 blah. I said, "That's great if you've got four hella linebackers that yeah. you know." Yeah, this guy was obviously like a fan of one of the, the big major schools, you know, Georgia, Clemson, you know, one of those those schools that just have, you know, um, you know, linebackers just growing on trees. Um and, and that's great. If you've got if you've got a four, six, three, two hundred and sixty pound guys that run a four, four, forty, hey, yeah, run the three four. Minus that, when you're running against a, a running team. And you can have your seven guys right at the line of scrimmage, and <clears throat> you're not trying to to have your linebackers playing, say, five yards off the ball. Yes, I would probably. And, and again, it's all personnel packages. But for our personnel, I've been saying for years and years and years, the four three is a better a better run for for whatever team you play. It doesn't matter. But this is a, a better package for us. Taking a break from uh, you know the Memphis and uh, Navy game, looking back at the AAC action last week, <clears throat> is there any game that stood out to you that was uh, you know a wow factor? Oh, I mean, you got to go to UCF and, and Pitt, right? I mean, that's a well, or maybe SMUTCU. I mean, uh, maybe those are those are both. Um, I, I I didn't think you know, and and UCF's not the first team to go to Pitt and get. You know, I think it happened to Ohio State a couple of years ago, right? Um, mm-hmm. Maybe even last year. I don't even remember. Um, I mean, that's a tough place to play. It really is. Uh, you go up there and, um, you know, and, and they, 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 they had the game. They were up 10 in the fourth quarter and, um, you know, let it get away from them. It did. 
Um, but but and and then the SMU TCU thing. Um, if you if if you had bet me, I would have bet a million dollars that SMU would not score forty points on TCU. I, yeah, I would have agreed with you. That was surprising. I would have bet. You know, um, I, I understand it's a rivalry game and all that. That 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 was a shocker. Um, mm-hmm. It was as shocking as as UCF losing to Pitt, and and I believe that was at TCU, if I'm not incorrect. Yeah. Um, so I mean, and if, if you haven't been to Dallas, so TCU's in Fort Worth. SMU is in Dallas. Um, they're separated by oh, it's probably thirty miles. Uh, it's not that close, really. Um, and North Texas is actually closer to SMU than uh, TCU is. Um, but in and, and so the fan bases, TCU's fan base looks at SMU similar to the way Ole Miss looks at Memphis. Um, mm-hmm. there, there are some differences. SMU has had some really, really good players over the years and really, really good teams. Um, they probably they've got a lot more history than Memphis does, but but still, I mean, the fan bases are they're really they look down on SMU, and I, I you know, I, good for SMU. I mean, um, I, I I saw TCU a couple of weeks ago. And I thought they were ranked 25th, and I was like, "Man, that's a that's that's not the 25th best team in the country, not even close." Mm-hmm. Um, not not to say that they're bad; it's just they're not the 25th best team in the country. So, but yeah, that's a shocker. That was a shocker as well. There was a lot of good games, you know, to me that were were wow. You know, I didn't expect. Uh, you know, I knew Tulane and Houston would be a good game, but yeah, you know, with Tulane coming, but you know, they 17 points in the fourth quarter to you know to beat Houston and especially yeah. you know <laughs> in the final second. Yeah, uh, I mean that was yeah, that was a great game. Um, and then uh, well, and, okay, and, well it, now well Houston now one thing about Houston they were playing their fourth game in like 21 days or something like that mm-hmm. um they, they ran out of gas Brian. i mean i i'm not giving them an excuse i mean i love it when they cook it like they did you know cooking it big time but mm-hmm. um but they were exhausted those kids were tired and um i certainly would expect um when we go to houston i wouldn't expect that defense in the fourth quarter other games, you know, t- what about Tulsa beating undefeated Wyoming? That was a, that was somewhat of a surprise to me as well. And then and when they you take spot, a look at and they spotted on points. <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah, uh, uh, but Temple, Temple and Buffalo. I mean, who would have thought? You know, Temple after beating twenty-one uh, or twenty-one ranked uh, Maryland, and then Buffalo. I mean, earlier in the year lost to uh, you know Liberty. You know, so I mean, just yep. a weird weekend for the AAC. Entertaining week. But uh, yeah, it was yeah. Just, just a lot. Even though Memphis didn't play, there was a lot of good AAC action going on. Yeah, the Temple the Temple game was surprising. Um, that is a Jekyll and Hyde team. They're going to be Jekyll and Hyde all year. Um, when we play them, let's just hope we get Doctor Jekyll. Um, <laughs> yes, because if you yeah, because if you get Mister Hyde up there, as Maryland found out, oof, um, yeah, they can be tough. Um, that the, there are. The, the, so if if I if I and we haven't done this, but we, we we need to do this one week actually. That's a good idea. Power ranking for the mm-hmm. AAC. If I was going to power rank the AAC right now, um, Memphis is the only undefeated team, I believe. So SMU. They, SMU's four and SMU, That's right. SMU and Memphis. SMU oh, and Navy, they only played um, twice, but you know, given what they, yeah, who well, they played, yeah, I wouldn't, okay. yeah. Right, right. Um, so SMU and Memphis, Memphis probably gets the gets the push, but I don't know. I mean, they they beat TCU. I don't know. That's a tough one. Um, and they've won two road games too. Um, mm-hmm. SMU has because they beat Arkansas State at Arkansas State, uh, and that's not to be underrated because that was when their coach was coming back 
after his wife had died. And yeah, it was that, an emotional game. I, oh, I mean, I've got a little experience with this. I was standing on the field when the Marshall uh, players who had not been on the plane, it was the – God, I can't remember, Brian. It was – this was 91. I don't know what year that was. Was it 20 years after the – after the plane crash, and we're all standing out there, and the player families are all standing out there, the players that didn't die, and I'm just looking at my coach, like, God, we're going to get murdered. I mean, <laughs> they're going to kill us. Um, I wanted to beat us. <laughs> you know? um, so I, that, that's a tough one, right? I mean, and they went in there and won that yeah. game. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a tough game. Um, you know, hats off to SMU. Uh, they, they, they're, they're, they sure have shown some moxie. Um, but, but Memphis SMU would be near the top, and then U, US, UCF. Um, but it really where I was headed was the bottom. So ECU probably at the bottom, right? I mean – Or UConn. Either yeah, one. Okay, it, UConn. Like, yeah, yeah, they yeah. suck, yeah. You're right, UConn. And, and, but but, but my, what I'm really getting at here is how much better the West is than the East – Oh yes, I'm. I mean, there's just no gimmies. I mean, Memphis is. Has, it, it, you look at what I thought was going to be a softer stretch in the schedule, which is coming up. We've got after Navy, then you've got you uh, um, Monroe, yep. Louisiana Monroe, and then you've got um, then you start getting at Temple. Into, is it at, yeah. yeah, at Temple. You're at Temple, and then home and against then home against Tulane. Home against Tulane. So you're, you know, when you're looking at the schedule for the beginning of the year, you're thinking, oh, well, Temple, new coach, what's going on there? And then ah, you got Tulane coming in, but you know, revenge factor and all that. Now I'm sitting here looking at it going, geez, I mean, look, this is not the SEC West. Let's not kid ourselves here. But but I mean, that's pretty doggone tough, and I, you know, there's really not going to be any like gimmies. And and so we're gonna to have to go take it, you know. No, I definitely agree. And before we go into you know, well actually we we can go into you know this week coming up, um, you know the uh, the AAC slate. And before we get to the predictions for the Memphis game, first game we'll take a look mm-hmm. at you know Saturday at three thirty, Georgia Tech at Temple. Who do you see there? Again, they're a Jekyll and Hyde team, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, are you gonna are you gonna get the team that 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 played Buffalo? Or are you gonna get the team that played Maryland? Um, Georgia Tech is not very good. Let's you know, let's say let's say it. You know, they are a middle of the road, maybe lower end Power Five school. And so my feeling is, if if Temple shows up, the Temple that we know is there, they should win the game. Um, yeah, when you you know, when you but, take a look at Georgia, I mean, they lost to the Citadel and barely beat South Florida. Right. I mean, uh, barely. It, to, <laughs> yeah. So to me, Temple definitely you know should win this. Isaac had Temple as well. And we got yeah, uh, and I, you know, I, right. I think Temple won the game. <clears throat> and uh, SMU at South Florida. Uh, but, you know, to me, S- I, SMU I, wins yeah. handedly. Yeah, you know, Isaac has that, that was as really, well. You know, I just I think I think South Florida may be the third worst team in our conference. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, they're above. They're probably a notch above East Carolina, a couple notches maybe above. And I always forget Connecticut's in the conference because I really just wanted to go ahead and leave. Um, yeah, they're gone. This was their last good, year anyway, I believe. Good riddance. Um, but um, yeah, I, and 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 that's going to bring up an interesting point. Is Charlie Strong there at the end of the year? And I don't know. I don't think so. That's not. I don't bad. think so either. Next game, you know, not a not a bad game. It's Cincinnati at Marshall. Um, Isaac has this as an upset. He has picked, uh, you know, Marshall with the win. What are your thoughts on this game? I that's no. <laughs> I don't think no, so. I, I think the think reason why he picked them, <laughs> excuse me, I think the reason why he picked them because it's you know the typical trap game because after Marshall they have uh, Central Florida, so um, that may be the reason I, um, he picked them. I'm not I sure. I get that. I, just, but, I, 
I well, don't think so. Well, it's something, here's, here's something people may not know is that uh, Cincinnati and Marshall are not separated by that much geography. Mm-mm. Um it's. I, I want to say because when we went to go play Marshall, we actually would go through Cincinnati, and uh, we, you take the loop. You don't actually go through the city, but yeah. um, and, and it's right there. Huntington is right on the border of Kentucky, Ohio, and West Virginia. So, you know, it, it, and the reason I'm, I'm mentioning that is because. If, if they were playing somebody who was, you know, just whatever, somebody stayed or whatever in the middle of nowhere, then I could almost see that. But when you're playing someone who's a little more local and, and you, you know, your fans, it's just different, and you're just thinking about it more. So I doubt they get they creep up on them. And, and Cincinnati's clearly a better team. Cincinnati will run all over Marshall. Marshall's Marshall's fine. They're you know they've yeah. got a good team. They they played Boise tough. I mean I saw it, mm-hmm. saw them do it, but um, but no, I, I I'd be shocked. Oh, I'll be surprised, not shocked, but surprised. Next up, uh, East Carolina at Old Dominion, and Old Dominion they've been playing some uh, some team tough. Uh, you know, played uh, Virginia, <laughs> you know, well. I mean they they had a lead, yeah. uh, I think in the beginning. So that one uh, that was pretty interesting. So this one. Uh, you know Isaac has Old Dominion winning, and believe it or not, I have I have them winning too. Me too. I I, I East Carolina's got a ways to go. Uh, again, hope we see you soon, guys. <laughs> yeah. Next up, I, it's just going to be a bloodbath. Uh, Central Florida going against UConn. I, I mean. Yeah, and and they're going to be. Just, um. <laughs> I mean. And I was going to ask where the game is. It doesn't matter. No. Whatever it is, take the over and take the points and uh, <laughs> yes. lay the points. And, and, and yeah, because they're, they're going to win that game. It's going to be like 50-something. Well, all right, did you see the final score of that, that Ohio State, Miami of Ohio? Yeah, like that. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, I think might be a, a, a sneaky good game as well. Houston at North Texas. Um, Isaac has Houston. Man, I, I flip yeah. on this one back and forth. I think Houston wins, but I think North Texas can give them a good run. Well, North Texas is going to give them a run, but 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 you're going to see a rested, fully loaded Houston team. And is is, is Derek King the best best player in our conference? I mean. Yeah. He's, I don't he's know. Up there. He, I would say he's up there. I don't not, know about the best, but he's, yeah, he's, he's up there. Yeah, I don't know if he's the best, but he's way up there, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we, we might can start. It, I had somebody, I was on, again, I was on a show last week, and they asked me if he was on pick your power five really good team, you know, let's say if he was playing for Oklahoma State or Kentucky. I mean, he, I don't know that he 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 you know win the Heisman. But he'd be in the mix because the numbers that he puts up, and and I know they lost, but it wasn't anything he did. I mean, he played his brains out in that game, um, and he looked great against Oklahoma. Um, looked real good against Washington State. So, yeah, the, he's he's a problem. The kid's a problem, and I. And I like Holgerson's offense. He 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 runs Holgerson's offense well. So um, yeah, I, I don't. I I think Houston wins that game. And the game we're all wanting to see Thursday night: Navy at Memphis. Isaac has a close one. He says thirty-one twenty-four Memphis. Who you have? I, I, I'm going to take Memphis. Um, I don't I don't know that it's even going to be that close. I, I it's going to be it's going to be a good game. Um, I'm gonna say 38-24. I think I think we get a, a touchdown in the fourth quarter and then put put it on ice, and then maybe they they score late to um to to to, to bring the score in. But yeah, I see I see double digits. 
Yeah, I, I go back and forth. I, I do think Memphis wins. Uh, I mean, when you take a look at the past 10 games, Memphis has covered the spread, you know, eight of the 10 times. Uh, and I, I, I do see them, you know, winning by double digits. I, sometimes I, I say this may be a high-scoring game. I can see forward, like 40-24. But, you know, I, I go back. But I think what I'll you know, ultimately do is come back down to something like, you know, I'd say 30 to 14 range is what I think. And with yeah, you, I mean, yeah, and, and so I've, you're probably – well, I had it – I actually was going to go 31-17. But I got to thinking, you know, we'll probably kick a field goal late to, to put it away, and then they may get a garbage touchdown at the end. So, you know, I just said 34-24. It, or 38-24, I'm sorry. But but I, I just I just I'm just thinking it's going to be a it, that that's how this is going to play out. Like we're going to get the lead, and I, I I because again if if we do what we should do, don't do the smartest man in the room kind of thing. Just okay. go out there, do what you do, and uh, on offense. That's the trick. Because do what you do on offense. Don't change, because that's what they try to get you to do. It's changed what you do on offense. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like teams that press in basketball. Like once you get over the half court line, do what you do, and and then, and then don't worry about the press because they're trying to speed you up and get you to do something you don't do. Well, don't do that. You do what you do on offense, um, and that's what we need to do. So we just go out, do what you do. We run the football. And we and, and and we you know we throw, you know honestly we throw to keep people off balance so that we can run the football, but that's what we do is we we go out there with our big offensive line and we run the football. We'll switch gears a little bit and then just reflect on the the first quarter of the season, three games in, um, you know twenty five percent of the season's over. Yes, Ooh. already. <laughs> Yep. Looking at the pro football focus, uh, you know, I wrote about it, top five offensive players for Memphis, uh, number it, at least 50 snaps. And you had Antonio Gibson uh, coming in at, at fifth spot with the overall grade of 72. Then you had uh, DeMonte Coxey, uh, overall grade of 73.1. Uh, then you had Kenneth Gainwell, 73.3. Dylan Parham. Uh, 73.6, and the number one guy, Dustin Woodard, at uh, 77.2. When you look at this offense, you know who do you have as the you know offensive player of the year so far early in this season? I think you got to go game well. Uh, I, I he, he's he's done it all. Um, he's caught the pat, caught the ball out of the backfield, run the ball. Um, he's been the most dynamic player on the field. Um. You know, I, I just I don't see anybody else. Now, if you want if if you want to go for a group, the offensive line has answered a whole bunch of questions so far, don't you think? I mean, oh, they I were know, yeah. a question mark coming in, but, but especially pass blocking. We said two things our first show. I said they they should be able to run the football, and with their size and their athleticism, they should be able to pass block. But we know they should be able to run the football. Um. Oh, definitely. I, Brady, Brady has not been pressured that much, and we've run the football. So, I mean, you know, I, and that's why Dustin Woodard is <laughs> But, I mean, like, seriously, like, the offensive line has really, really stepped up. Hey, speaking of Dustin Woodard, I, I was thinking about this, and I, you know, I like to write an article trying to get some, you know, some opinions. Is he, you know, not necessarily the best offensive lineman uh, Memphis has ever had, but maybe the, the most versatile offensive lineman he, uh, you know, Memphis has ever had because he can play multiple positions. You know, when I, I you think of like, the great offensive lines, how would you rate or you know, you know, think about Dustin Woodard? Well, I'd say he's had the most storied career because you know he started as a guard, right? Mm-hmm. And and, and, Recruited and as, moved, a, as, a, as a center, but when he got right, here he was, for the first three years, guard. guard. Well, that's because Drew Kaiser was here for, what, 100 years? Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, he, 
He was he was, who was the quarterback for UAB that was there for like a hundred years? He was on that plan. Um, <laughs> but, but anyway, uh, Hackney, Daryl Hackney. I'll never forget that son of a guy. Anyway, <laughs> um, but so and and now of course he's moved back to center. And 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 it, here's the thing: he's been great everywhere he's been placed. So consistent too, yeah. Consistently great. Now, did, I don't athletically. He's probably not. I mean, I don't think. Let's put it another way. Like Drew Kaiser was a great center. Um, Ronald Leary, obviously, tremendously athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've had, you know, really, really, really good offensive linemen that have come through. But I think your point about how flexible, moving around from position to position, and being good. Hey, look, let's face it. His move was a question mark. Like we knew he, he had played, he had he had experience. But how are you going to handle, you know, mm-hmm. being center? That's 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 a, that's a right. That's an issue. How are you going to do that? And he had a great so, test in game one. Right. Yeah. And. Well, I mean, do I do I? I mean, I, I I don't know that I'd make him offensive player of the year, but 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 certainly, you know, he would he would be if you want to say he's he's one of the best players on this team, and he's had one of the best careers of any offensive lineman. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Switching over to the defensive side, Pro Football Focus, um, you know, at number five. Uh, Jacoby Francis, you know, cornerback, uh, graded 75.4. Austin Hall, yep. 75.5. John Tate, 76.4. O'Brien Goodson, 76.7. And this one shocked me. Quindell Johnson, 82.3. Uh, is, is, according to them, has been the best Memphis, uh, you know, mm. player in the first three games. What are your thoughts on that list? Well, uh, if you're going to pick, if I was going to pick one, it'd be O'Brien Goodson, and 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 that's not to take anything away from our defensive backs, but that guy's just wrecking careers and 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 wrecking wrecking game plans. Um, would he would he know, be your defensive player of the year? Isaac has Bryce yes. uh, Huff so far as a defensive player, but so you yeah. would have Goodson. Oh, that's, that's I would have Goodson. He look listen, he he, he was beating the Ole Miss. Offensive lineman so bad, I thought that he was going to own his car and his girlfriend by the end of the, the game. I mean, <laughs> he, he 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 owned him. And Dorsey's it was so bad that Dorsey's ended up making plays because they were doubling down on Goodson. The center was yeah. going over and doubling down on Goodson, and Dorsey's was like, oh, "Okay, <laughs> nobody's going to block me." <laughs> okay, I mean, it was that bad. It was horrible. And then you know. Did anybody watch the first half against USA? I mean, he was in the backfield more than their quarterback. I mean, it was bad. Yeah. Um, now he doesn't. When you, so yeah, you look be, just at the numbers, watching. yeah. Even though you, if you look at the numbers, I mean, Goodson only has five total tackles, but you have to look at other things. You know, the, the you know QB hurries. I mean, he's disrupting everything. For me. Right. My defensive player of the year so far, uh, you know, was Austin Hall. Even though he's third, you know, in great tackles, J.J. Russell leading. J.J. Russell being the, the you know, I, I, I was surprised seeing that he leads the team in tackles because you don't hear his name very much when you're watching the broadcast. But when you take a look at Austin right. Hall, 12 tackles, I mean, he has the most disruptive behavior, in my opinion, so far, you know, yes. on the defensive side, not on the defensive line. He has three uh, pass uh, breakups, two fumble recoveries in, in that, um, you know, a and touch a touchdown. fumble. Yeah, and a touchdown. So, yeah. to me, Austin Hall, that, there's a lot of players you can, you know, you can pick. But, but well, you know, and, I have uh, Austin and, and Hall. You, and at the end of the year, he may be the guy. But right now, if you know, does, you know I would go with Goodson. But I, I can certainly see, you know, the next – if you ask me who it's going to be at the end of the next nine games, yeah, you're probably right. It's going to be Austin Hall. Now, now this next category would be newcomer of the year, not necessarily freshman, but maybe a new starter. Right. Who do you have as the newcomer of the year so far? Isaac picked Cunningham. Cunningham. 
Yeah, Cunningham. Yeah, he's if he's it's been not disruptive. Him, I don't know who it is. He, you know, he makes some boneheaded plays, um, getting penalties and stuff like that. But that's a kid that you can tell is so excited about just playing football that he's kind of, you know, he he gets out there and he he's going his his feet are going faster than his brain. So mm-hmm. the game, if when the game slows down for him, you'll see. But yeah, Everett Cunningham is is got to be got to be the newcomer so far. There's three guys that, uh, you know, I, I thought of, uh, you know, Cunningham, Quindell Johnson, because, you know, he's, yep. he was the overall rated, the, the best defensive uh, player Memphis had for, yep. you know, according to pro football focus, but then Gainwell, uh, I, I thought of Gainwell. He, he played just a little bit last year, but as far as, you know, he's new starter mm-hmm. coming in after Patrick Taylor's uh, injury and, I mean, he's not worried about the pressure. I mean, there, there's got to be pressure on that. Uh, but uh, right. according to his play, he's he's not feeling it. No, and he, then, well, and I think I think um, I, I I didn't count him because obviously he he'd been here. But um, but no, you're you're right about Johnson. I mean, Johnson. You know, it's a tough call. But um, one of the things, the reason I picked Cunningham was. We've needed somebody coming off that edge for so long, somebody who can disrupt. Yes. We still have trouble with containment, but somebody who can get up the field and make a play on a quarterback, and we've missed that for so long. And this kid has, is just, you know, he. You want to name, you want to name Bryce Huff your 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 MVP, defensive MVP? It's because of Cunningham on the other side. No, I definitely agree with that. And that we may be all in agreement on the assistant coach of the year. <laughs> is there anything, yes, is there anything are, more obvious but, than but, 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 No, there's not. But I want to give a big shout-out to Pete Limbo because he had big, gigantic, enormous shoes to fill. And um, I think our, our special teams haven't, missed, haven't skipped a beat so far. And um, you know, so I no, I, there's no question. Adam Fuller is, is 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 the name, but 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 don't let that overshadow the job that Pete Limbo is doing. No, I, I I definitely agree. You can actually argue maybe one A one B. I think Fuller yeah. because it's more high profile. You know, the defense. Uh, you know, so you right. could you can say he. You know not necessarily deserves it more because I think both of them, you know, deserve it equally because uh, that special teams, I mean, it's, you know, third of the game. And, and you need, if you don't have good special teams, that can really affect your team. You can really, you know, lose it pretty quick. So, you know, um, somebody you that sp- I heard, if you, if you hang around the team, another name that you'll hear that say that, hey, this guy new come in, he's really helped out, and that's Alan Cross. Um, yes. People don't realize this, but Alan – coming on as graduate assistant and he's doing yeoman's work not just with the tight ends but um he's also working with special teams and because people don't know that alan was a tremendous special teams player for memphis yes he was and um and and so he's done a great job too and i want to give that shout out because that young man has come in and everything i've heard is he's been just absolutely wonderful <clears throat> Anything you've seen in the first three games that alter your preseason prediction of where Memphis would it would be at the end of the year, or do you think it's you know everything you've seen, you're more confident than you were as your preseason? Because I think you had what nine and three or ten and two. Yes, um, nine and three or ten and two. Right, it could could go either way. Um, I'm more concerned about Brady than I was. Um, when you went to when I went to fall camp and saw him, I thought, man, this guy's is poised. His play against against Ole Miss was bad. His play against um, Southern was okay, um, and his play against South Alabama was not good. Let's say it for what it was. He, he was poor. Mm-hmm. And 
he has to be better for us to get to where we want to be. That it's just that simple. He has to be better. Um, having said all that, I think our offensive line is better than I thought they were going to be. Our defensive line is about what I thought they were going to be, but our defensive backs have been better so far. So yeah, I, I think it's that. kind of a, a wash. I think it's a wash. I, I think at the end of the day, I still think we're going to win nine or ten games. Um, the only thing that changes my thought on any of this is nothing that Memphis is doing. It's how much better the other teams in our conference are. Yeah, no, Would I you not agree with that? that? Cause I, yeah, because uh, there's there's some teams that uh, that have surprised SMU has surprised me. Um, so, you know, I knew Tulane would be better, but you know, them start. I think they're three and one right now. Uh, I mean, that sort of surprised me. And their only loss was at Auburn, and it wasn't mm-hmm. a bad one. I mean, <clears throat> you know, there's a lot of teams that would have gone to you know, gone to the Plains and gotten their, their brains beat in, and, and they sure didn't. They did not get their brains beat in. They go off. Let me take go. Uh, get killed. Yeah, let me take uh, our uh, weekly caller. Uh, I, I believe this is Rowdy Rod. Are you there? This is Rowdy Rod. How you doing, gentlemen? <laughs> if, Good, Isaac is out there, if Isaac is out there, out there, I know he's blaming, he's sick and everything else. I got a sneak peek of him. It looked like Mike Tyson punched him right between the eyes with that sinus infection going on. So anyway, uh, I just wanted to say I hope you get well soon there, Isaac. Hey, so I wanted to kind of kind of go back on to the Navy game um, a little bit, and I, I kind of messed up on one of my first calls I made. I called it the Battle of the Bones. That was UAB. Southern Miss was the Black and Blue Bowl. I think Navy has turned into our Black and Blue Bowl. What do y'all think, guys? Man. Right? It's a bruise game, right? We're going to run it down their throat. Oh, Brian, yeah. you and I talked a while back ago, right? And we're running and running and running. I'm hoping that Brady White can get some of those little screen passes and and, and maybe some of those slants or something to uh, kind of open it up a little bit for us. I think we're going to do well against them. Um, people are kind of, you know, I was – I'm, I'm right there with you, Larry, on the uh, on Brady White a little bit. Kind of a little concerned with him. Um, you know, you said he was poised back in fall camp and stuff. And, you know, I'm thinking with him, it's, it's, I, it, do y'all think he's getting rushed? Uh, do you think they're getting through the line on that pass, on that pass, on that pass rush? I think it's in his mind. You think it's in his head too? Okay. I, I was, that was my next question. Is it in his head? You know, I think, I think you're right because there's several times I noticed in the uh, South Alabama game that, he started wanting to move out of the pocket and unpla- you know, and not get planted. And there was really a good five yards before anybody was there. You know, I mean, you know, at least a good five yards. I noticed it a few times. Um, but, you know, Brady, I think he'll do fine. I think he's going to uh, – I think they've got a good game plan. Uh, Fuller, uh, y'all were talking about that triple option. You know, what I like about Coach Fuller is he's got that, um, you know, we're not going to try to cause turnovers – we're not going to go after turnovers as hard as brittle, and then we're missing tackles and things like that. He's one of those guys. We're just not going to let you get anything, you know. And with uh, Navy's run defense, you know, run offense, you know, and their running game, you know, what y'all said, 300 yards. It's going to be a true test for our defense and seeing what that defensive defensive line's made of. Um, we've got some of the best defensive backs I've seen since. Shoot, I want to go back to. Probably some Tommy West years, early Tommy West years, maybe a little bit before then, you know. Um, but our 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 defense is really going to have to tighten up against this team, in my in my personal opinion, um, and really just stop that run, and then open up, you know, open it up a little bit with some screens, and some you know, and some screen out passes to a few players. Uh, Pop Williams, you know, he's out for the se- season. Who do y'all think is going to replace him? Probably Samuel, if I had to bet. Samuel, my first thought was Samuel, but I have a sneaky suspicion that, you know, Calvin Austin may get in there because mm-hmm. he's a track star. So, either, yeah, either yeah, one I, of them. Right. I was, I, was, I was just curious. I mean, I've been wanting to know. I've been wanting to see a little bit more of Samuel. 
but uh, this Calvin Austin kid, good gracious, man, he's he's. Uh, I understand it's 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 just raw talent, you know. It's and it's raw speed. So, you know, I'm Definitely I'm hoping speed. that you know they'll give him. Yeah, it's just raw speed, not you know. And and I think that you know they give him a shot. You know, Austin a shot. You know, I think that uh, he might come come through for us also. But um, I'm really excited about this game. You know, I mean, it's a Thursday game. You know, I did some looking back, and, you know, Memphis turns out for those Thursday games against Navy, um, you know, and that kind of, you know, so it's – I think we had 55,000 in attendance one, one year uh, against them, which is which, which was huge. You know, that's a big – that was a, I think that was a weekday game. So the um, – um, I'm looking for the fans to show up. You know, I, I, I would say 45 to 48,000 people out there screaming because we're, what, three and one – no, yeah, it's three and one with Navy. So I think it's time for us to kind of start even that score a little bit. But I'm going to call the game, okay? I say that Memphis is going to surprise everybody, okay? I think our passing game is going to open up a little bit because they're going to be keying in on game well a little bit. There's going to be more people more people committed towards him and Watkins both because they've both been doing phenomenal jobs. And I think Brady's going to be able to just open it up just a little bit, get some of those screen passes, spread them out a little bit, and then just then be able to attack the run game against them. So I'm going to call it out. First team to 30 is going to win it. I'm going to say 38-24 Tigers. Good deal. It's pretty close to what we had. Yeah. No, is that, I, I missed part of the call. I was on the phone with my mom. So it mean part of the show. So anyway. Uh, so, Larry, you know, y'all have been doing a good job, man, really good. I just want to say I didn't know Bill better. Keep, keep pounding the Twitter. That doesn't – it doesn't take – it doesn't take – uh too much brain activity on that one. So, uh, y'all have a good one, okay? I appreciate it. Take take care. Mm-hmm. Oh, Rowdy Rod, I love him. Before we uh, right. before we get <laughs> before we get out of here, any final thoughts? I think um, again, um, you know, this is should be a game. First of all, um, the, there'll probably be quite a few maybe fans there um and and that's great we, we we really hope you guys are there um there are always fantastic fans to sit around um they're always great uh you know make sure and and shake their hands thank them for being there because they're always great fans um this isn't like houston or any of those fans that so we just want to you know you know force choke um <clears throat> these are good fans uh so <clears throat> and then the other thing i want to add is that I think that Memphis, this is going to be a really determining factor in what I like to call the the second quarter of the season. Because if you win this game, that's going to set a tone going to ULM and then to Temple. So if you can get the next quarter of the season and you can win those three, which they're all winnable games. All three Mm -hmm. of these are winnable games. We're going to be favored – most likely, assuming we, we beat Navy and we beat, beat uh, uh, ULM, we'll be favored going to Temple. Um, they're all winnable games. We should probably win them all. So it's really important to get this because, like you said, we've never been 4-0 under Norvell. So That's correct. Uh, I, and I think it's really critical. So as for the fans, hey, go out have a good time. I know Thursday's a tough game, tough night to get to. You can't really tailgate. You can't really um, do the normal stuff. But uh, go out, get you know if you don't get there till six, that's cool, that's fine. Um, that's probably what I'm going to do is get there around six o'clock, and <clears throat> but you know be rowdy, enjoy the game, because this is easily a the most enjoyable team that we get to play all year, because these are all of these kids that we're going to be playing against are good, solid young men. We know that. Um, the other thing is. You know, be good sportsmen, and hopefully we we win the game. But whatever happens, just be good sportsmen because that's what this game, this particular game, is all about. And you and John have a uh, podcast Tuesday night. It's seven o'clock, correct? Yeah, we're gonna do. Yes, we're gonna do one Tuesday. This will be our um, our anchors away segment, and we normally have. Uh, and I think John was telling me he's got. We've got someone from the coaching staff again this year coming on. We normally have someone from the staff come on uh, and talk about and, – and, and 
we normally we we spotlight one of the players. I don't know who it's going to be this year. Uh, in fact, I, I honestly I haven't sat down, John. I hadn't talked about it yet. Uh, it may be Perry now that I, now that you've mentioned him, but mm-hmm. we normally spotlight one of the young men, and um, you know we sort of go go across with the coach about what they're doing, you know what their day is like. So um, so yeah, listen in Tuesday night uh, at seven o'clock, and John and I'll have a breakdown of. Um, the Navy players, and uh, the Navy coaching staff. Always a good listen. Larry, appreciate you coming on. As it get better, and until uh, next week, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, come back next Sunday with a W. Have a good one. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.